Hi everyone, I'm Lee Stabert, Editor-in-Chief of Keystone Edge, and this is your latest episode of Key Change. In this bi-monthly podcast, we're chatting with Pennsylvanians, hearing about how their work and their goals evolved during a tumultuous global moment. We're also looking into the future, asking them to talk about what they see down the line for their communities. In this episode, we're venturing back into that swath of the state dubbed the Pennsylvania Wilds. This rural landscape covers approximately 25% of the state's land, yet it is home to just 4% of the population. The former lumber capital of the world boasts 29 state parks, eight state forests, two national wild and scenic rivers, some of the darkest skies in the country, and the largest elk herd in the Northeast. It is also home to hundreds of small businesses, both those you'd expect, outdoor recreation outfitters and woodworkers, and those that might surprise you, such as high-tech manufacturing and artisanal printing. The PA Wild Center for Entrepreneurship, our partner for this episode, is an incredible resource for those hoping to make a go of it in this charming, rugged region. We spoke with the founder and CEO of the organization about her long relationship with the area and how an exciting partnership with Ben Franklin Technology Partners provides an additional boost to local innovators. Yep, you heard that right. Innovation in rural PA, it's where it's at. My name is Ta Enos, and I am the founder and CEO of the PA Wild Center for Entrepreneurship. We're a 501c3 um, nonprofit, and our mission is to integrate conservation and economic development in a way that strengthens and inspires communities in the Pennsylvania wilds. Can you talk a little bit about the genesis of the organization? The Pennsylvania Wilds work itself um, started in the early 2000s, and it was really a response to the economic distress of the region and the incredible opportunity that the region had to grow outdoor recreation. It was an industry that naturally was starting to grow um, and today has is growing by leaps and bounds. The bones of that industry are public lands, and we have in the Pennsylvania Wilds the greatest concentration of public lands in the Commonwealth. So we have, you know, outdoor rec experiences here that you can have no place else in the state. You know, we have more public land than Yellowstone up here. So, you know, it's it's really something. And so we could really build on that. It was really kind of an experiment. Let's take a, a huge rural part of the state and brand it and, and market it and invest in sort of the the on the ground readiness uh, that needs to happen in, when you bring new visitors in. We've evolved pretty quickly um, since founding. Um, we now house all of the pieces of the Pennsylvania Wilds effort, sort of the marketing piece. There's a regional planning piece. There's a community character stewardship piece, the, all the work with entrepreneurs and stuff. The idea is if you put it inside a nonprofit, it, it's generational work. So we wanted to be able to you know, get it structured in a way that it can be handed off to future generations to keep the work going. Do you have a personal connection to the region? I grew up here. Um, my family, I, as far back as I can see, four generations at least, um, has lived here in, in Warren County around the Allegheny National Forest. I had left. I was part of that you know, kind of rural exodus that was happening in rural Pennsylvania. Um, left and had a first career in, in journalism in Alaska and um, did that and then really got to a point in my early 30s where I wanted to move home. We had all left. My sister actually came back and bought a outfitting business. She had heard about this thing called the Pennsylvania Wilds. At that time, you know, launched by the state, it was very early on. And she said, you know, it makes so much sense because it's so beautiful back home. There's that, there's the National Forest, there's the Allegheny National Wild and Scenic River. And, you know, I think I could go back and, and make a go at, at operating a business there. So I sort of followed on her footsteps. And then um, 
worked with her on her business and it was really incredible watching her grow a little outfitting business. She grew it from 1,200 paddlers a season to 12,000 paddlers a season. And the spark that she made in our rural town where we're from, it was very inspiring. So then this opening came with the Pennsylvania Wilds. They were looking for somebody uh, to go around the region and, and talk to the private sector about how they could leverage this new thing called the Pennsylvania Wilds for business growth in their communities. And I thought, well, geez, I have a communications background and I have lived this for the last couple of years with my sister at this little business that she's been trying to grow. Like I have a real story here that we could tell. And that's very important in rural communities to really have an experience that's very localized like that. It's a way to kind of build trust and understanding around a new idea. I got the job and for five years, that's what I did was just go around the region. This is before we founded the nonprofit, working with entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's um, outfitters or lodges or restaurants, helping them connect to resources that are out there for them. At that time, we had a number of um, recreation infrastructure projects that DCNR was working on. So there was the the Kinsey Skywalk um, and uh, Visitor Center there. There was the Elk Country Visitor Center. I mean, these are places that have brought hundreds of thousands of visitors to the region. All of those visitors leave these dollars behind in communities, you know, and that supports these small businesses. How do we build rooted local wealth through entrepreneurship? That was a big focus of this regional effort to help revitalize our communities and our towns. I would love you to talk a little bit about that identity, the PA Wilds. As someone who grew up there, did you think of this region as a cohesive place at all? Or did you think of it more like county to county, town to town? And has this sort of like state branding work actually impacted the way you like emotionally experience the area? Oh yeah, and that's that's a really great um, thing to focus on because I think it you know sometimes it does take somebody from outside to come in um, to to really help you see what's right there in front of you. A lot of times when kids grow up in a place and they're like, oh, I got to get out of here, and this is not unique to this place. It's like every place, and then they leave for a while and they come back and they're like, boy, I never realized how awesome this is. So sometimes you just need that perspective. Every one of our counties and even the towns within those counties. Each one is very unique and has a unique history and a unique feel to it. But there's also a lot of commonality between the challenges that our region faces. And there's definitely a power in weaving the experience together. The pride of place that it's built is one of the coolest outcomes. I mean, we can talk all day about in, in economic development terms, how many jobs and businesses and visitor spending that's happening and all of those things. But at the end of the day, when you live in a community, you can really feel if there's a pride of place in that community. And our region, you know, we went through decades of population decline and divestment. And um, and you can't go through something like that and not come out with a little bit of a self-esteem problem at the end, you know. So this work, I would say, has been a, a big part of trying to restore some of that um, and reflecting back to them, like, look how special this region is. How do you grow but not lose what's special? Things like innovation and startups, these types of words are often associated with the coast with cities, but that is not the case. New businesses are popping up everywhere. And I think that a lot of that is just about trying to change the narrative. Can you talk a little bit about what rural innovation looks like to you and what you see as sort of the sectors and the types of companies that can really thrive in a place like the PA Wilds? 
I love this question, by the way, because I've, I've thought about it a lot. Like, oh my gosh, this place is so innovative. I have the best job because I, I literally get to jump from like entrepreneur to entrepreneur. So I see all these awesome ideas that are percolating out here that people are working on. It's really a, a privilege and an exciting thing. I think part of it is that, you know, urban areas, it's where like the bulk of the resources go. So that's where a lot of the attention goes. Well, of course, you're going to see the stories there. People don't always look for the stories out here. In my experience, I'd say rural places are hugely creative and innovative because they have to be, you know. Um, there's just less resources out here. What's the saying? Necessity is the mother of all invention, right? In rural places, we're so geographically spread out that unless you are truly tied into those networks and having those conversations, the innovation could be happening right under your nose, but you can't see it. A good example of that is our region has a vibrant maker culture, you know, people that make handcrafted products and but you can't really see it because we're so spread out. A lot of these folks do it in their house, you know, or in the barn or a shed out back of their house on a dirt road, you know. Trying to elevate that maker culture was early on a thing that we were trying to do through the Wilds work. It's part of the flavor of this place. How do we make it more visible to the traveling public and how do we connect the traveling public to those products so they can buy them? In general, what does innovation look like? On a rural landscape, I'd say for the wilds, um, it's happening at businesses big and small. You have a place like Worley Drinkworks. They're a, they're a manufacturing company here. It used to be you could flip over any plastic mug in America, and on the bottom it would say, made in Warren, Pennsylvania, um, by Worley Drinkworks. They've got a couple hundred employees. They do things like the technology for um, touchless fountain valves. And then you see it at, at smaller companies. You know, we have... Um, outfitters that are bringing new services or guidebooks to market to help unlock the experiences here. There's one company we're working with, the Wild Sunshine Factory. They are bringing an innovative spirit made 100% from sunflowers uh, to market. You have places like the Laughing Owl Press, which is a craft letter press uh, company that started as sort of a hobby in their basement. Kids that had kind of grown up here and moved away and had first careers and then decided, hey, you know, we actually love this this hobby that we're doing and we could take it home and actually build a whole company around it and because of the cost of living we could really make a go of it and and um you know really compete in this space price wise and have done just an incredible job expanding that business you have um places like the gateway lodge that's offering a rustic luxury lodging experience in the middle of the big woods of cook forest um I can't, I can't express like how truly innovative you have to be to be able to pull off an experience like that in such a rural place. On the flip side of that, you have things like the powdered metal capital of the world in the St. Mary's Elk County area. These are companies that make all the, you know, powdered metal component parts for pretty much every machine like on the planet. <laughs> the wilds is also this giant working forest landscape, you know, so we have the world's most valuable hardwood forest here. And so there's a lot of like very innovative wood products companies that are based here. When you go over to the Kinzu Bridge State Park and the Skywalk there, um, that's a major attraction here in the wilds. Um, and part of the interpretation in that visitor center is innovation in McKean County. You have the Zippo lighter, you have the Holly carburetor, you know, all of these fascinating things. And even the bridge itself, the Skywalk, is an engineering wonder. Um, and you realize that this region 
has this very long history of innovation. This is not new. <laughs> it's, it's something that's like baked into the DNA of a place that is full of sort of rugged individualists. I think it's interesting hearing you talk and hearing you also explain your own boomerang story that you left and came back, that there are sort of two sides to this. One is the resources and making sure people have the opportunity to grow businesses and have fulfilling jobs and careers. But then there's also really the storytelling element and showing and telling and convincing people that this is a place where they can stay. Absolutely. And I definitely think, you know, COVID has been really interesting the way it has has position the region like ours, maybe this is a moment for population recovery as people are thinking, you know, maybe I don't want to live in an urban area anymore. And the internet has made and remote work has made it possible to live a different kind of lifestyle, but still have the kind of jobs that you want that may not be able to, you know, be available locally. Now it can be available locally because you can bring it with you if you want. Um, Or people that are looking for second careers um, and starting something in a place that's um, you know, a little lower cost of living. I really am interested to see what happens over the next couple of years. Certainly outdoor rec as an industry is growing incredibly since this whole pandemic has happened. Whether on the travel side, the manufacturing side, it, you can't keep the stuff in stock in these stores, you know, because everybody wants to be outside and be outdoors and having these experiences. Can you talk a little bit about Ben Franklin Technology Partners and the funding that's available and why people who have an idea or have a company should get excited about trying to access some of these dollars? There are a lot of resources available to new businesses in the PA Wilds. Um, PA in general has like this robust service provider network. And it's a whole like continuum of services, right? You can go in and get a business plan done. You can find financing. You can find technical assistance. On a rural landscape, those can be a little harder to find just because we're so spread out. Um, And so, you know, that's part of what we do at the Wild Center is try to connect businesses that are coming into sort of our ecosystem, connect them out to these different um, service providers. So Ben Franklin is one of those, and they bring a really unique suite of um, services and uh, for certain kinds of businesses that are, you know, developing or crafting a product or a process or an innovation, um, and trying to bring that to market. We have about 400 businesses that we work with right now in our ecosystem in the wilds. Um, and those are sort of companies that are, you know, have joined our, our program called the Wilds Cooperative. It's a free program, but it sort of gets them into our system and says, okay, these are people that are kind of helping us grow this region as an outdoor rec destination. A couple of years ago, we approached uh, Ben Franklin and we said, you know, we've got this whole ecosystem of entrepreneurs and we see you guys out there doing this cool work and you know, can we, you know, team up in some ways? And so they absolutely were like, yeah, let's do this. And um, so we went to our ecosystem and really encouraged businesses to to look at their big idea contest. They had one running at the time. And I think we had like four or five of the businesses end up being finalists in, um, in that contest. And then two of them actually won the contest and brought home some of the cash to help them with their concept. So once we saw that um, that uh, collaboration and sort of the power behind it, we teamed up with them to do um, a whole a, a series of these contests across the PA Wild. So we now have three big idea contests. The contests are like fifty thousand to win, but even beyond that, you know, the businesses that we've worked with 
that have utilized their services have all given them really high marks of the value that they've brought to the table. They have the ability to really deepen the bench on technology and how you bring things to market and IP. We work at a very high level. They are the ones that can really get down deep with you. When you look ahead five, 10 years at the PA Wilds, what are some of your big picture goals and what do you anticipate are the challenges that you guys might continue to face in the future or some new challenges that might arise? The ultimate goal is to see really vibrant rural communities, um, you know, and uh, I think a huge part of that is supporting these small businesses and local entrepreneurs. That's where the rooted local wealth comes in. When you have that, you have as a community the ability to say no to things that you don't want um, versus feeling like you've got to say yes to everything because it's the only game in town. So I want our communities to have that. I want our, our major employers to be able to attract and retain the talent that they need and having those vibrant towns is part of that equation. Are we able to keep our young people and attract them back home after you know their, their adventures or college or trade schools or whatever it is they go do that this is a place that they're like, yeah, of course I want to settle down there. That's like my place, you know? And then I think the last piece is just really an, an awareness and awakening and, um, and a care for um, the natural resources that are sort of the calling card of this region. How do we be really good stewards to those natural assets for future generations? I hope you enjoyed our 10th installment of Key Change. If you're a rural innovator, or just someone with a really cool idea for a business, and you'd like more information on applying to Ben Franklin Technology Partners' Big Idea Contest, check the story on our website that features this episode. Speaking of podcasts, we've got something new coming your way. Stay tuned. Until next time.